There was a request earlier for some guidance on the practice of insight meditation, vipassana. So just as a support for your own practice, I'll say a few words. Vipassana is developing insight into the true nature of phenomena. Physical phenomena, mental phenomena. Or this body, this mind. True insight, meaning true vision, true knowledge, vision of the way things are. Where one focuses one's awareness on the universal characteristics of existence that apply to all physical, mental phenomena as anicca, dukkha, anatta, impermanent, unsatisfactory, not self, without owner. And by constantly directing mindfulness to these three characteristics in our experience of physical and mental phenomena brings the mind ultimately to a state of peace, equanimity, stillness. So one can turn mindfulness to be attentive to the body or feelings or the mind itself or the objects of mind, mental states, mental processes, wholesome and unwholesome. Just for this period, I'll talk briefly about mindfulness directed to the body. Because our teachers always say, if you're not sure how to develop wisdom, contemplate this body as it is. To know it, to see it as it is. So a simple technique to begin this is to run your awareness down from the tip of your head, the crown of your head. Moving your awareness and possibly visualizing as well each part of the body beginning with the crown of the head, so the hair on your head. As you sit in the meditation posture, you direct your attention to the top of your head. Let it settle there. 
And then you can either visualize or ask yourself questions about what you find there. At the top of the head we have hair. What does a hair, one hair, look like? It's color, shape. What do many hairs together look like? What is the nature of hair? It tends to be more solid than liquid or gas. So it represents the earth element, the solidity of matter. What is its nature? Changes. Our hairs tend to grow day by day. Then we either cut our hair or sometimes individual hairs drop out. Over time it can change its color, goes gray. Over time it can completely drop out, we lose all our hair. In the end each hair is the same. It's composed largely of the earth element. So you pick a hair up, it's just solid very light one here, but it's still it's solid, you can feel it. Its nature is, when you look at it closely, it's unattractive. If a hair drops from your head into your food, you don't want to eat your food. If someone else's hair drops in, you don't want to eat the food or a hair drops from your head, drops to the ground, you don't want it anymore. But when it's on our head, we have a sense of ownership, my hair, and we think about it, look after it, wash it, dye it, style it, and so on. That hair just reduces down to the earth element. It's changing. That's just one part of the body. Traditionally we talk about 32 parts of the body. So you can go through hair of the head down to hair of the body. Your hair on your cheeks or your chin, your neck, your arms, your legs. We have hair growing on our bodies. Some of it's very Bushy, some of it is very refined, hardly visible. Again, hair of the body, the same qualities of hair of the head. Changing, drops out. Perhaps we don't notice it as much as the hair of the head, but it's still there. Still gets dirty and smelly wherever it is. It's made up of the earth element. Nails, the next of the 32 parts. Nails on the tips of your fingers, 
Can you send your attention to the tips of your fingers or the tips of your toes? You can't actually feel your nails like the hair, your nails are made up of dead matter. So you don't really feel your nails, but you sense the position where they are. can visualize nails, the color, the shape. Again, your nails, the predominant feature is that they're made up of the earth element. They're solid. But they're always growing, so you have to cut them, shape them, clean them. Occasionally you have an accident or something and a nail falls out. The skin underneath is very sensitive. You see the function of nails is to protect the fingertips and you can use them for certain activities that lever things and push things, touch things. But nails are impermanent. They grow, we cut them, constantly cutting off dead nail. They're not self. Those nails drop again like hair. They drop into your food. You don't want to eat the food. They drop to the ground. You don't want them back again. Nobody tries to stick their nails back on their fingers again. But when they're on our fingers growing, we still look at them as us, me, mine, myself. Teeth, the same. Hard matter, earth element. Imagine your teeth, put your attention on where your teeth are. If you're a dentist, that's easy. If you're not, you can still imagine the look of your teeth, each individual tooth. Even if you don't know their scientific name, you know their rough shape and the position, how they go around the mouth. Two rows of teeth, some big, some small, some at the front are sharper, some at the back, broader, blunter. Teeth get holes in them. Teeth get stained. Get bits of food stuck in them. Sometimes they um, give us pain from the nerves underneath them. Sometimes they drop out. We change our set of teeth through our life. Sometimes they drop out and don't come back. They're anicca, dukkha, anatta, they're not self, they're impermanent. You take a tooth out of your mouth, put it on a table, take a tooth out of someone else's mouth, put it on a table, you might not even be able to know whose is whose. If everyone in this room gave a tooth, put it all in a pile, you wouldn't know whose is whose. The sense of self and ownership would quickly fade.
skin is the same. Skin is largely the earth element. It's a kind of bag holding in the rest of the body, sealed bag that runs all around from the head down, shoulders to the waist, the legs to the tips of the toes, sealed bag of skin. The outside layer is already dead and that's why it doesn't hurt when you rub your skin. But if you rub hard enough you get through to the inner layer which is still living, you start to get some pain. Skin is very fragile, easily damaged, can be cut or scraped. We have some areas where skin is hard, like the, under the foot. Some areas where it's very soft. Some areas it looks what it has one color, and other areas the color changes. Sometimes it's wrinkled. Sometimes dry, sometimes greasy, sometimes moist. If you look at under a microscope at your own skin or under a magnifying glass, you wouldn't be able to tell it from somebody else's skin very easily. It's only when we look at the whole picture that we look at a person and recognize the person. You look at skin in its nature, it's just four elements, earth, air, fire, water. Again, it's constantly changing. The cells are growing and dying, new ones come up. Your skin has changed many times since you were born. It's no longer the same skin you had when you were born. And on and on we can go through the body parts, through the internal parts of the body, the, the bones and the bone marrow, the sinews, the flesh, the muscles, the liver, the kidneys, the lungs, the heart, the spleen, small intestine and the stomach and the large intestine, the bowels, your undigested food, excrement. All the liquids of the body, the blood and the urine and the sweat and the grease, the spittle, even the oil in the joints, these are all liquids. You can visualize them, move your attention from one part of the body to the next, asking questions, is this permanent or impermanent. No body part will last forever, just like the parts of a car, they break down, they wear out. It's a miracle if they're all working well together, but quite often something goes wrong. One thing goes wrong and it may affect many other parts of the body. It's impermanent, it's unsatisfactory. That which is impermanent is subject to degeneration, it won't last. We can't find lasting happiness in our physical body. It'll last for a long time if we're fortunate and then it will wear out. 
and die. If something goes wrong with a vital organ early on, maybe we die early. Something goes wrong with your heart or your liver, your lungs. Each body part, you can move your attention to that part, visualize it, question yourself. Understand it, see it as part of the four elements and see it just as it is, in a neutral way, neither loving nor hating your body or the parts of the body, but just seeing it like the parts of a car that you put out on a garage floor. All the component parts you take apart, then you ask, where is the car? There's tires, there's engine parts, petrol tanks, seats, windows, doors and so on, but you can't see the whole car anymore once you take the parts apart. Just the same way, take your body parts out, put them on a table and ask where is the real me? And you can see and these things are not self. We can't really own them or control them. We can't make them do what we want. We can't stop them aging we can't stop the approach of death. You're teaching the mind to see with wisdom, with right view, that this body is anicca, dukkha, anatta. Going through the parts of the body from the top of the head to the tip of the toes, one by one by one. The result is the mind is being trained to see correctly and it comes to accept the truth that this body is an impermanent thing. So it lets go of that which is impermanent. It relaxes and doesn't worry, doesn't fear about it so much. And doesn't love it so much, doesn't hate it so much, just knows the body is just what it is. It's just part of nature. Vipassana gives us insight into the nature of this body and the mind. We see it as it is rather than the way we think it is or the way we would like to think it is. And this kind of insight liberates the mind, brings it peace. So I'll leave you to meditate on that for the rest of this session till you hear the bell. Just see if you can contemplate your own body. See it as 32 parts, four elements, anicca, dukkha, anatta.